Hello, welcome to the next episode of Casquez. You've made it this far or are just joining us randomly here. Uh, we're going to be talking about McMirror today, which is a Swedish whiskey as per my request because Jordan said, what do you want to talk about? And I said, now let's go Sweden. So come with us on a metaphorical plane again. We're not going to Ireland this time. We're off to Sweden, the land of a blue flag with a yellow cross. So yeah, we're talking about uh, Swedish whiskey, but more precisely, we're talking about McMurray whiskey. Uh, McMurray were the first distillery in Sweden to start um, distilling whiskey. There, are, I, I believe there are other distilleries in Sweden now, but I haven't actually had a chance to try those ones, so that's kind of why we're sticking with this one for the moment. Shall we go over things I know about McMurray? Sure. Okay, things I know about McMurray. That's fine, you can cover it up. This is, I will admit, remembered from yesterday. what you told me to type yesterday. So, they made their own still. They did. They're a bunch of friends. They are. They live underground. No. They are super ecological. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And they're surrounded by their fields of wheat. No. Barley? No. Peat? No. What? I thought they sourced it from near them. They did source it from near them, but they're not surrounded by those fields. I like to pick a dream. So, some spoilers in there for obvious reasons. Oh, sorry. Spoiler warning for whiskey. <laughs> So, McMurray, the company, was founded back in 1998, uh, and as you were saying, it was a group of friends. What happened was, uh, these eight friends, they got together on a, I believe it was a skiing vacation. Uh, nice. Sorry, skiing holiday. And they, they each, they, they all like whiskey, so they used to bring bottles with them at the end of the, at the, end of the day. They, they'd relax and they'd share the whiskey around. And after a few drinks, they got together and they, they started pondering, you know, uh, why isn't there any whiskey made in Sweden? You, know, they, yes. you can tell it's 1998 because that would not go through customs now. <laughs> Everyone just with bottles of whiskey. Do you have anything to declare? No, just ignore the bottles of whiskey we have. What? You can take whiskey with you. You can? Yeah. I thought you had to buy it in the airport. No, you can get things at duty-free, but you can take whiskey. It has to go in your hold luggage. If you yeah, take I didn't it with think you. you could take a full bottle on the plane. But yeah, you, you could take a bottle on through with you. Ooh, that is a bad move to put that in a suitcase. You're just thinking now, aren't you, if you can? Because if you have a suitcase full of whiskey, they're going to be like... If you're going to have a suitcase full of whiskey, then you'd be getting to dubious kind of stages. Well, they're on a ski holiday. That's already a big bag also, for the ski Also, you know, equipment. they were Swedish friends. I think they were just skiing somewhere near, like... Oh. I don't know where they were skiing. I, I have to admit, I yeah, don't know Yeah, you can ski bit. in Sweden. So, I don't know if they actually hopped on a plane or anything, metaphorical or otherwise. Mm. Maybe they just hopped on a dream. Maybe they did hop on a dream. I'll let you continue. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so, yeah, they got together and they were talking about, you know, was there a real reason why there wasn't a, a distillery in Sweden that was doing whiskey? And after some research, they found there wasn't really a, a, a very good reason. Uh, and so f somehow they, well, through, through raising money, they were able to get this going. Now, back in the early 90s, all alcohol production in Sweden was actually government controlled. Uh, however, these days, it's just the sale of alcohol in Sweden that's controlled by the government. I'm picturing whiskey distilleries, but 90s fashion. Like, the casks have the little swirls on. You know, it's all saved by the bell-esque. Someone has a perm. It's amazing. I can't even answer that. Denim casks? Oh, that was more early 2000s, really, wasn't it? The denim on denim on denim on denim. So, yeah, as you, as you were saying, the friends, they actually built the first still themselves by measuring an existing still in a museum and scaling it down. Um, 
I have seen pictures of the kind of first setup, and I mean, it, it obviously did the job, but it wasn't the the prettiest of things to look at. It was, it was uh, definitely more function than form, I think. That's quite a lot of science behind measuring something and then making it smaller. Well, yeah, specifically. I, mean, I do think I, I'm sh- I'm sure. Um, one of the friends I'm certain actually had like an engineering background. Uh, that will help. Uh, which like it's it's not like anyone could just go and do that. Yeah, no, oh. no. I've never looked at anything in a museum and thought I could scale that down accurately. <laughs> well, they put some. They took some pretty accurate measurements, from what I know. Can you? You can't do that. You can't touch things in museums. Yeah. Unless it was different in the 90s. I don't know. I was a little baby back then. And they continued to use that still for a long time at the old distillery. But uh, in 2002, they actually commissioned two new stills, which they uh, they got from Scotland. Uh, and they still use these today. Um, they, now, the original distillery was built in the village of McMurra, which is how the distillery got its uh, name. However, they didn't move to a brand new distillery, uh, which they built on an old military site. This distillery is actually very eco-friendly. They're not only... Um, one of the big aspects that they were keen to do is it's a gravity-fed process, so it, it's a very tall building and, and each production obviously lowers down. And, and this saves about, I think they said, 45% of their energy, um, but also 98% of their barley is grown within 50 miles of the distillery. So they're not surrounded by fields of barley, but you know it's within a, a, a fairly local radius. I like that, though, because I believe episode one, I don't know if you ever cut it out, but I did comment on the ecological impact of making whiskey. No, it's, it's in there, I'm sure. Because we're on about things like that, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and they are, they're very keen to be as uh, eco-friendly as possible at McMurray. Yeah, I like that. That's good. I'm a big fan of the uh, eco-friendliness. Um, one of my favourite uh, things, though, at McMurray is that their warehouse is an old iron ore mine 50 metres below ground. Which makes it slightly more humid. And it has a constant temperature, right? It has a fairly common uh, temperature. It never really fluctuates between 7 and 10 degrees Celsius. That's not that warm, though. No, it's not that warm, but also that means that your whiskey's aging at a relative pace. It's not been exposed to wild temperature fluctuations. That's Whereas true. in places like America, the warehouses, they do get very extreme temperature fluctuations, particularly if they've got like um, the, the metal roofs on as well. Um, so yeah, down there, as you were saying, though, there is that lot more humidity, which helps with the maturation. And as they like to say, the... Um, the troll's share isn't that great. In, in, in Scotland, we've discussed you have the angel's share, and because it's underground, they've been going with the troll's share. But I do like the idea. I have this image in my head with the troll's share, right? It's all the casks, and then everyone's just minding their business around it. You know, Dave's in the background, not tallying things up correctly. Oh, Dave's the, moved to Sweden now, has he? Uh, he, he, got, he got kicked out of Scotland. He's for a on bit. a working vacation. Um, it's, and it's one of those. Um, um, International exchange jobs. Yeah, yeah. They, they're doing so much better without Dave, and they're like, oh, what's going on? Um, but anyway, the little troll just walking around, and, and they're all, like, pointedly looking the other way, and Dave's like, who's that? It's like, don't look at the troll. And then the troll just gets out this, like, bendy straw, does a little crack, you know, when you pull a classic bendy straw, and it does, like, just sticks it into the cask, and then just walks off again. I like that idea. I'm sure you do. So much more fun. Then evaporation. Ugh. Please, evaporation. <laughs> right? I, I spit in the eye of evaporation, but it never gets there. Because <laughs> it's evaporated. I'll take it as a win. 
<laughs> now, McMurro, they have this aim to create Swedish whiskey. They aren't trying to reproduce scotch. They, they don't want to. Uh, they follow some of the SWA rules where it suits them, uh, but they're also free to create without the restrictions as well. And this is one of the big problems, slightly going back to scotch whiskey that we were covering, is this. The, the SWA, the Scotch Whiskey Association, the rules are there to protect scotch, and it's a good job because throughout history, there have been some really bad supposed scotch whiskies released from more dubious kind of people who were more interested in creating a, a quick book and certainly certainly cutting corners cutting standards cutting bottles cutting bottles um I mean, some of these things, they were dangerous to drink. They were. They, they weren't even... It wasn't even that they tasted bad. Some of them were just dangerous for you. And so the SWA has been formed to protect the kind of heritage of Scotch, which is a good thing, but it does have a lot of constrictions to it. Um, and this is one of the arguments that Scotch whiskey's industry have been saying, is that they'd like it to be loosened a little bit so that they can experiment and compete with other countries, such as the likes of Sweden or even England. Um... Japan, uh, all of these other countries, they can follow a lot looser kind of rules. Um, and so they can get some really nice, interesting different flavours, which kind of, uh, a lot of the distillers in Scotland feel like their hands are tied behind their back sometimes trying to compete with this. They, they, it means that they're able to create these really nice kind of different flavours as well, which is one of the things I was trying to get round to. Um, Sorry. They've been able to use some different casks that you can't always use. Um, they get access to the slightly different things, uh, as we'll get to how they peat things as well. Um, I mean, one of the nicest McMurrow... I really like McMurrow. There's a pattern forming here. I really like whiskey. Whoa, what? But I do really like McMurray whiskies because it's different. It's I won't lie, it's not Scotch. It does they don't try to be Scotch. That's why I like it. And as I've said before, it's the differences I find so fascinating with whiskey. One of the nicest McMurray whiskies I ever tried. They um, it had been finished in cloudberry wine casks. Whoa, cloudberry wine casks. That sounds like a dream. Cloudberry wine casks. Uh, cloudberry wine is something that's very popular over in in Sweden apparently. Uh, apparently, you can also get it over here. Cloudberries are a berry that grows at a high altitude. Hence no, the name. I don't need an explanation. I just enjoy that. Imagine be like, oh, this is a cloudberry wine. Yeah. <gasps> if it doesn't like you, don't open it and like a rainbow sprouts out. I don't know <laughs> what would happen. And yeah, I had a chance to try this this uh, special release that they'd done, and it had been finished in these cloudberry wine casks, and it was wonderful. It was so different but to my knowledge i can't see that happening with scotch whiskies i'm gonna have to try and find cloudberry wine i think it's quite expensive cloudberry wine worth it now the other thing that i really like about uh, mcmurray as i said they're trying to make swedish whiskey so they follow some of the rules to help them um but they they are free to move away from it but also they use as i've said they use a lot of local barley most of it comes from within 50 miles of the distillery they also use swedish yeast um and they will always use some swedish oak for their maturation as well swedish yeast isn't a different kind of yeast it's just yeast from sweden right um i mean i suppose it is a different kind of yeast i mean all yeast strains are different by definition when you start using different things well yeah but it couldn't be too wildly different for it to still work in the the whiskey making process but yes they, they use swedish yeast they use swedish barley uh, and they always make sure to use some swedish oak in their whiskies um which is it's always new oak um so it's virgin oak that they're using and they don't put too much of it in because of it being virgin oak it would overpower it too much but they put varying degrees in for certain releases um the other thing worth noting is they do do a, a, a peated whiskey 
um, which is really nice. I, uh, again, really nice whiskey. But what's interesting about this is they don't just peat the barley, but they also um, they peat it whilst also using juniper twig spruces. And this kind of gives you this nice different flavour coming through because apparently the, um, the use of juniper spruces in, in smoking things in Sweden is quite a nice traditional practice. So they're able to bring that kind of heritage to the, to the whiskey. I like juniper. It's fun. It makes a good gin. Yeah, yeah. I have actually had juniper gin before. All gin has to have juniper in it. Oh, that's probably how I've had it. No, but I'm like, oh. Uh, <laughs> All gin must have juniper in it. Really? I didn't actually know that. Yeah, I think to. there's like an elderflower in juniper one, isn't it? Oh, that? yeah, you get all sorts of different botanicals in gin. Going slightly sidetracked. You, have to, you can use all sorts of different botanicals in your gin, but you have to have juniper in gin. I did not know that. See, you've learned something new today. Wow, well, not about whiskey. Well, have some other things as well. Ooh, two other things I remember about McMurray. <laughs> Just had to look Brussels to remember pronunciation. that. pronunciation. McMurray? McMurray. Not McMyra, as I used to call it for years. I would I would call it McMyra if yeah. I'd seen it. When, when, um, when you see it, you think McMyra, don't you? But it's, no, it's, it's McMurray. McMurray. Uh, the government used to control the sales of... Used to control alcohol production. Very true. And now we just controls the sales. Yep. Oh, did you already cover that yeah. one? But yeah, um, the government controlled... We can go back to that. Yeah, the um, the production of alcohol was controlled by the government in Sweden. Uh, it was until the 90s where it got changed. Uh, to this day, they still control the sale of alcohol in Sweden. But uh, this unfortunately means if you if you do find yourself visiting the McMurray distillery, um, feel free to say hi from me, but they probably don't know who I am. <laughs> How in this like, context, anyway. Hi, Jordan says hi and they be like... Yeah, Jordan says hi. Just say that, yeah. Um... Luke says no, he likes you juniper. You Casked, Casked yeah. said hi. Let's really get the name out there. But yeah. I don't know how you'd say that in Swedish. I'm not even going to try. No, no thank you. So yes, if you do visit the distillery, you won't actually be able to buy any bottles from them on site, which because you have to have this kind of government-controlled sale of, of, of the alcohol. You can buy it in, in certainly in shops, but not from the distillery themselves, which is a bit of a, a strange kind of um, feel when you, obviously most distilleries have their own shop these days. I was actually picturing having to go into like, the mayoral building to buy a bottle of whiskey or something. Is there anything else that you remembered? Um, I think I'm going to take my wins now. Okay. Um... I'm going to take... I think I did a solid 10 for 10 this episode. If you do say so yourself. If I, if I was to score myself, I would give myself a 10 out of 10. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm sure you feel that was well-deserved as well. I do, actually. Uh, you'll have your acceptance speech and everything going. I will, yeah. I'd like to thank me and all the me's that helped me to do this. It's been a long journey, but thankfully I've had me by myself. <laughs> Wait, what? I've, I've had me... Me, myself, and I. <laughs> I've been supporting myself through this process of memory and I'd like to thank all the little people involved like my tummy and my brain. All your teeth. All, all my teeth, including the wisdom ones. Well, they're the wisest. Yeah, they are. But the things they have to say when you're sleeping, oof. On a slight divergent note back to what we were doing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> divergent so, note back to the episode. It feels like that sometimes. It certainly uh, does. It's that. It's uh, so, pretty yeah. well. But yeah, there's, they have this wonderful wide range. So you have the Brunsk whiskey, which is their kind of standard one. I apologise if there's anyone in Sweden listening, because I'm pretty sure it's Brunsk whiskey or Brooks whiskey. You're pretty sure say, it starts with a B. I know the spelling. I know how to say McMurray. 
not too sure on that one. Uh, that's the standard one, and it's it's wonderful. You see, McMurra's spirit has this great kind of sweet lighter side to it, in uh, nice fruitiness as well. You get this honey and kind of pears, and I always think pear drop sweets, and it's it just comes through on all their whiskies. It's great. Uh, Brooks whiskey, which they do, is kind of their their standard one, and that's matured uh, primarily in first fill American oak casks. Uh, alongside some Swedish oak and Oloroso sherry casks. Not too much of those two because it's about 80% American oak cask we short. What's Oloroso sherry? Uh, Oloroso sherry is a type of sherry from Spain. It's like uh, uh, often you hear me talk about Pedro Jimenez sherry casks, which yeah. is that lovely sweet one. Oloroso tends to be a lot kind of richer, um, fruitier, and can come through with a little bit of a spice sometimes as that well. Sounds quite nice. I've probably oh, had sherry it. Sherry is lovely, yeah. I, I, I mean, I like sherry anyway. Who doesn't like sherry? Some people, I'm sure. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they also do things like uh, Svens Ek, which is actually the one we'll be reviewing, so I'll leave that one for a little bit. Svens Rock, which is the peated version I was on about. Now, Rock also uses refill American oak casks again uh, to balance out that smoke. They also use, uh, again, some Oloroso and um, a little bit of Swedish oak as well to give it that, that uh, tie-in. Now, interestingly, I got a chance in 2019 to try a whiskey of theirs called Intelligence. Ooh. Which uh, is the world's first whiskey to be devised by artificial intelligence. What? They, basically, they fed all these kind of parameters into this computer uh, with the artificial intelligence um, to create what what was devised to be kind of the ultimate whiskey recipe, uh, what kind of seemed to work. And so, yeah, they came up with this artificially devised recipe, which, the, well, effectively a recipe of cask influence, and, and they created this whiskey bottle. And it was a limited run they did. That is so fun. Yeah, it, it was it was a really interesting thing to try. It was, don't get me wrong, really, really nice whiskey. I don't know if it was... Was it a bit too, like, computer chip tasting? Yeah, it had that kind of, yeah. yeah was it like whiskey become human? <laughs> it was very pixelated if you shoot the bubble too quick as well. <laughs> I'm very no. like, uh, bottle with, like, blue neon lines down, all classic computer chip looking. Don't get me wrong. Seriously nice. It was really nice whiskey, but even though it was computer generated to be the ultimate kind of whiskey in the world, it wasn't filled with love. It wasn't the best whiskey I've ever tasted. Not, I'm not saying what Mirror did a bad job. It just proves that I feel there is that still that kind of handcrafted feel to it, and and there's there's only so much a computer can do with it. I think that there is that kind of human element to to creating whiskey that still definitely holds. Well, logistically, as nice as that whiskey was, logistically speaking, due to the fact that it's an opinion. Oh, sure, some people probably disagree with me and say, oh, it's the best whiskey in the world. For me, it was lovely. It was, but it didn't have... I certainly don't feel threatened that machines are going to rise up Terminator style and take away whiskey production from us. Please don't say that whilst we're talking into the microphones connected to a computer. <laughs> they have the Moments range, which is part of their special release one, as well as the seasonal releases where they use some special casks, which um, that Cloudberry one I was telling you about, uh, I think that could have been Moments... The seasonal one they used pork casks for. They were both very nice. Ooh. Um, Cloudberry's going to stick in my mind forever. It's up there with Tandui now. <laughs> Had to get the mention in. <laughs> I can delete it. <laughs> yeah, but I know it's there. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think that's pretty much talked about... Uh, we've pretty much talked about McMurray quite well there. Um, yeah. It's a wonderful distillery, and the people uh, that I've met from... The, they are... I mean, people in the industry are great. They're always happy to talk about these things. But there's just this great vibe from certain distilleries I always get, and McMurray is certainly one of them. What makes you part of the industry? If you work in the whiskey industry. Well, are you part of the industry, then? Technically, yeah. Am I part of the no. industry? Now... <laughs> 
hear me out. This is a podcast for whiskey about... I didn't even say that! <gasps> we all have to record this that This is intro. a podcast for whiskey about whiskey. I cannot believe I didn't do that. We're going to have to re-record the intro. Um, and I'm part of the the podcast so technically I'm within the industry of whiskey which means I'm the most underqualified person <laughs> in the industry well done you got the badge most underqualified person in the industry you know the other episode where we were talking about the person that had that really long title like yeah. every, I'm I'm the, the opposite the, you are the complete opposite of Dr. Bill Lumsden yeah yeah Oh, I'd like yeah. to be known as the most unqualified person to talk about whiskey. I'd like that to be my legacy. <laughs> like, people... T- yeah, I, I met the most unqualified person to talk about whiskey in the whiskey industry the day. I'll give you a few more episodes before I teach you the secret whiskey industry handshake. I was going to say, is there a secret handshake? Oh, all sorts, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Ah, uh, well, then you wouldn't have a co-host and... I'm sure I could find someone. As unqualified as me, I doubt it. Right, and so I, th- I think we'll move on to the tasting section, um, yep. where we're doing Svensk Ek. Now, the reason why I wanted to choose this one, um, there were two I gave you the I option I chose for. this one. Yeah, I chose but Sweden, I, lie, I chose this I one. I really wanted you to choose this one. This is the one I prefer. Well, you knew I'd go with this one, because you said spicy. I and I love well. spice. I mean, if you want to, we can also re- review Brooks, uh, Brooks Whiskey, if you want to. But I something about Svensk Ek, I just love it. It's very autumnal. I, I think it's great. We're in summer. Yeah, I know, but I just, I really like this whiskey. I think it's great, as I just said. Now, Svensk is similar in principle to the Brooks whiskey. It's about the same age. Uh, they've used similar casking, but the, about 10% of the maturation in this case is this virgin Swedish oak. So it's brand new oak. It's, it's got a lot more wood contact going on, and it's what gives it this a lot more kind of spiciness comes through in the in the uh, for the flavors and the aromas. Both of those are the Swedish ones, aren't they? Oh, yes. Same, it, same distillery. The, the, the is... right one is the spicy one, right? That's the spicy one. Yeah, I thought so. It's a bit darker. Yeah, yeah, because the, 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 it's virgin oak. It's got a lot more wood contact going on, so it's, it's come through a lot more. This is actually why I deliberately kind of left them side by side so you can see the differences. Oh. I'm, Wait, are they darker? They are. It is, actually, yeah. Um, and maybe it was the shadow. Oh, no, I can see it a bit. Yeah. I can see Especially it. if you put white behind it, it really shows it up more. So, yes, this is something I'm trying to prove to you, where I keep telling you that there's these different flavours and nuances to the different releases from the same distillery, and you go, I smell alcohol. However, I caught you out yesterday because you were able to blind taste, well, blind nose these whiskies and tell me which one was the one. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I knew which one was spicy. So, you have to admit there are different aromas to be found in whiskey now. I'll admit this specific company has differences. Oh, when this lockdown's over, I am going to get so many different whiskies for you to smell, and all of a sudden you'll be like, okay, fine. I'll be like, sherry, sherry, <laughs> sherry, alcohol, sherry. So if you'd like to, to oh, nose yes, yes. the uh, Svensk. A little bit say, of fidgeting I, time. I think it's great because it is, it's got this great kind of little bit of a spiciness to it, there's a bit more of darkness to the colour, and it, like I say, I think of it as an autumnal whiskey. Literally no leg. Well, we'll get to that later on. I did a swill. I do like the little after kick of spice. It does remind me of, um, it does make me think of a winter's day. I know I always drink mulled wine in winter. Not like well, not con- always. Not <laughs> constantly. <laughs> from from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, which is Tenic- sometimes cl- close together because you've just been drinking mulled wine. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. I have a straw <laughs> going from Intravenous. my bedside table to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, technically, I like to drink German mulled wine in winter. However, oh. I'm not going to pronounce that because I might get it wrong. Even though I speak German kind of okay on some occasions, I'm not willing to do it. It's better. It's just less sweet, basically. So I get alcohol. I do get the after spice. The after spice, yeah. Yeah. That's as far as I'm going to go. Right. So just 
whilst I'm nosing this one, give that one a nose. That's the other one, isn't it? That's the the standard release one, the Brooks whiskey. Yeah. yeah a lot tamer. A lot tamer. A lot lighter. A little bit sweeter, do you think? Maybe. It mm. doesn't have the back of throat kick. Uh, there's also do a bottling percentage on there as well. Now, trying the, the whiskey, you got the legs, as, as uh, you were saying. Now, um, I admit it's a light whiskey, but there are some legs, in fact. It doesn't have, it's not that it doesn't have any, they're just quite light. Been on the keto. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, nosing it, there's quite a bit of alcohol that kind of gets to your nose, first of all. That's telling me probably you're looking at at least 43, possibly hitting 46%. Svens Rock. Uh, no, Svens Eck. 46.1%. 46.1? That's right. There's another interesting story behind that. Uh, another interesting fact to do with McMurray is that uh, if you actually look at the bottling percentages, uh, Brooks Whiskey, which is the, like I say, their, their standard one, is 41.4. But then um, most of their other bottlings, you'll notice, are done at 46.1, which I think is a great number to pick. Um, I know we've discussed this before is that this kind of the higher the alcohol you get more of the cask flavour coming through and I really do tend to like 43s but particularly 46% bottlings are always really nice ones for the flavour coming through I do enjoy the point 0.1 this is what I'm saying but point 0.1 happens um, and that's because the, um, the the kind of like head distiller at uh, McMurray she's, she's convinced that 46.1 is the ultimate percentage to taste McMurray whiskey at I like that and so almost all of McMurray's bottlings are released at 46.1. You know what they say, 0.1 always happens. But also, I like the thought of her taking a sip and it's like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's 46.2. Get that out of here. You trying to drown me now? <laughs> right. Like, it's the worst thing I've ever tasted in my life. Um, but yeah, so giving it a nose, there's still that. Once you get past the alcohol, there's... Once you get past the alcohol... I told you 46.1, that is quite a lot of alcohol to be having in the glass. Like, if you were to inhale too quickly, like, shove your, if you were, if I was to shove my nose in there really deep and then wow. inhale, I would feel that kind of, like, feels like a stinging sensation. It did, yeah, I did do a deep breath. It did remind me of a night out for a hot second. But if you just del- if you just lower the nose over the glass and delicately breathe in, you get or, or certainly I find that bit that I consider to be the traditional like Mayor of spirit that great kind of like as we're saying sweeter honeyed side pear drops. There's a little bit of a citrusiness to it as well. And I find that you'll you'll find that in all of the McMurray whiskies if you're looking for that, um, because like I say, that is what their spirit kind of uh, adds to it. But this Swedish oak has really imparted a lovely spice that you keep picking up on, and it really is there on the on the end of the nose. Yeah, yeah. I don't get sherry from this one. But like I say, there's not too much sherry goes into these ones. It's more of a balancing act. A lot more American oak goes into these whiskies. Mm. See, so that's again, you get more of that vanilla side. It is super light as well. Oh yes, I mean, you're talking relatively younger whiskies compared to things like a twelve year old or anything like yeah. that this is a 12 year old that sherry cast matured and this is the edward oh, we were doing a few too. episodes ago oh. and that's quite dark in comparison oh i said it was light whoops no i mean in comparison that's what uh, i'm saying okay yeah yeah um i mean if we were to go for i always love the color of this one this is the kilhoman and that's um madeira casks that's matured in american sherry and madeira cask whiskey fun uh, American Madeira and cherry oak cask matured. And it's got a lovely colour. It's almost a little bit um, bronzy, kind of orangey kind of colour. I think that's great, different whiskey. Now, tasting the whiskey. It has. It's got a wonderful kind of mouthfeel because you were talking 46%. I hate that so much every time you say it. It's to do with the oils in, in the glass. 
<clears throat> but having said that, downside is you're talking 46%. It is quite strong, and I can certainly understand why certain whiskey drinkers wouldn't like that. It's almost a little bit of a, a licorice-iness, just at the back of the glass. Well, no, because now you've suggestion, done the brain power thing. suggestion, I know. <laughs> I do get... This is definitely a whiskey I'd say, try it neat. I mean, like I say, never tell anyone how to drink it, but try it neat, and then if you're wanting to add water to it, I, I understand. I mean, it's, it's one of those. In this warmer weather, I'd be far more tempted to add water to this one than in winter. Can you have whiskey warm? Yeah. We're having whiskey warm now. What? No, minute. what? This is room temperature whiskey. Uh, I'm not chilled it. Sorry, like a warm drink. Like, a, you know, because winter you have warm alcohol, don't you? A little hot yeah, toddy Yeah, you can have hot toddy with whiskey. That's, you can have like an Irish coffee. That's what it's called. Oh, I've had one of those before. That's whiskey. Yeah, they put whiskey in Like Traditionally, it's a bit of truffle whiskey in there and in your coffee. Honestly, um, an Irish whiskey is the biggest mistake I made one night. Uh, also, I know we've mentioned this before, is Jack Daniels a few years ago did Winter Jack, which was like a, oh, yeah. an apple and Jack Daniels liqueur that they did. And uh, you would it, that was designed to be heated in a saucepan before you drank it. It was like a, a, a warming kind of... Uh, oh. It was, it was like a hot toddy. It was Never put alcohol in the microwave, folks. Tell you what. New section, pop quiz. Tell me five facts about McMurray you've learned today. Ooh, okay. Ecological. I feel yes. like I did this at the One. start of the episode. The, yeah, but the, these were things that you were guessing. Now the underground. Been What's underground? The distillery. No. The whiskey. The warehouse. They're in a military base. Built on an old military base. Three. They're surrounded by barley. No. 50 miles. <laughs> Within 50 miles, they gather a lot of their barley. Is it 50 miles or kilometres? Miles. Okay. Um, the government used to sell it. Government controlled it. it. <laughs> now sells it. Yes. They're a bunch of friends. They're a friendship group. They were founded by a bunch of they friends. They have bracelets. I'd still honestly picture it like just a bunch of friends making all this whiskey. Ignoring the troll sneaking around. Maybe they'd uh, have a, a dance in a fountain during a, a theme tune or something. Ooh, maybe they're just like, I'll be there for you. <laughs> uh, so... I think that about wraps up the episode. Yep. This has been Caskets. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on whichever podcasting platform you use. It really does help us, and more importantly, may lead others to listen to and discover this show. You can also visit our website or send us an email if you have questions. The links are within the description below. And as always, we'll leave you with one editing goof. Yep, Goodbye. yep, yep. Bye. Uh, I mean, that company's made a phenomenal amount of stills. There's some very, very well-recognized uh, still makers... Um, I mean, around the world, but particularly in Scotland, given the history. Are they still making <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and this company is one of the most respected ones in all of Scotland. Oh. Well, I'm sure they'll appreciate my joke. They're definitely listening to this. Now, oh, really? There's an angel share? Okay, we cover... You have to start listening to what we've done. We cover I that in, like, really episode one. I should really just listen one. to the conversations we have.